and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. We are in a series on faith, and uh, this is called Faith Foundations. I hope you guys have enjoyed this series as much as I have. And uh, the past couple of weeks, my family, we've been out of town and I've watched and uh, Pastor Steve did an incredible job last Sunday. My dad two weeks ago did an amazing job. I watched both of those sermons and they both did incredible. We've been dealing with faith in this series in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, this will be on the screen. It tells us now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't yet see. As I said, my family, we just got home from vacation. We were actually in Florida, and while in Florida, our family decided to be brave, and uh, we decided to go to Disney World in August while you have to wear a mask. And let me just tell you, standing outside in 175-degree humidity with a mask on your face is like literally getting waterboarded by standing in a line. It's just, you can't breathe. And we braved it and we did it. And uh, we rebelled even a few times and pulled them below our nostrils just so we could breathe. And Mama Tasha was like, pull it up, pull it up. We're going to follow the rules. And so we wore those masks and we did our best. And let me just tell you, going to Disney with a 17-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 7-year-old without masks, without humidity is a unique experience in and of itself. And, uh, but we did it. And as I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about my family and the years of roller coaster experiences we've had. And, uh, when you have four children, they each have their own unique take and experience with roller coasters. And Mariah was not on this trip with us. This was our first uh, family vacation without her. And that was a little bit interesting. My daughter, for those that don't know, and Mariah, hopefully you're watching dad preach and hey, Mariah. But anyway, um, they have moved to Virginia and we're proud of them. But um, I don't want to embarrass any of my sons, but my three sons, we've had some unique roller coaster experiences with my sons. And uh, they are all big and brave and strong now. But let me just tell you, they have not always been big and brave and strong. And uh, we even have some video of this. And I was trying to find video footage of this. And uh, we did not find it. You You are blessed, but we will find it and show it one of these Sundays. But one of my sons, let me just kind of talk about this. One of my sons um, has been, was terrified of roller coasters for years and uh, would scream and cry and uh, literally make his body limp. Like, and I would drag him into the rides. And I remember one of the rides, he's going, I don't want to ride it. I don't want to ride. I don't want to ride. I don't want to ride. And I'm like, you're going to ride this roller coaster. And, uh, and then, uh, then the same child looked at me and said, dad, everybody has, and I still to this day, not sure what he meant by this statement, but dad, everybody has different taste buds. <laughs> I'm not sure what it meant. I'm not sure what it meant, but, uh, he tried to connect it in with this. And, uh, 
and he's literally limp and I'm dragging him and this roller coaster we're taking him on on this one this this was not just a one-time experience with him on roller coasters this was multiple different rides across the nation different rides and this one was actually the ride at Animal Kingdom called Mount Everest and uh, it's his first time and I'm like you're going to ride this ride and uh, it's not that bad of a ride no I don't want to ride and my wife um, literally told me she said you 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 are being a you're making a fool of yourself and he looks like an idiot and and, uh, and she's mad at me. I got DFS called on me. No, I'm serious. I did not. I did not. For dragging him on, made him ride the ride. I had another child who was, uh, and if you don't know, I won't say names, but it's a 17-year-old that was acting that way. And it, it wasn't this trip. It was just last year. But anyway, no. <laughs> but then we had another child that was always um, crying because he couldn't ride the rides because he was too little too young. And he was crying because big brother, I don't want to ride in the, in the, in the other ones. I, I want to ride. I want to. And so I was like, I, what do we do with this? I have one that can't ride and one that wants to ride and screaming and crying because he never could ride. And then finally, when he got old enough to ride, he himself, everybody has different taste buds. I don't want to ride this ride. <laughs> and then we get to this year, we are replaying the Mount Everest experience as a family now with the seven-year-old. And the seven-year-old, we are telling him, you don't have to ride rides. You don't want to ride except Mount Everest. You have to ride Mount Everest. I, well, I, and Malik doesn't cry. Malik just tells you what he's not going to do. <laughs> remember, this is the one a few weeks ago, if you remember, he's the one that thinks that the world spins because of him. You know, this is him. And Malik is literally like, I am not riding Mount Everest. And I said, well, you are riding Mount Everest. I am not riding this ride. I'm like, bud, you are riding this ride. I promise you. And we get close and he's like, I'm not doing it. And I said, ha ha, I got some smarts here. Because Malik is, all of our kids are competitive. Tasha and I are competitive. Malik is our most competitive. And, uh, and I mean, literally he wants to kill you playing a sport. And, uh, but anyway, Malik is like, I'm not riding. And I said, hey, I said, 17-year-old, because I can't say names in case you don't know. But anyway, the 17-year-old, I said, when he was about 10, and we went to tell him the experience about taste buds, and I don't want to ride, and he goes, he acted that way, and I go, and he goes, I'm riding it. And so anyway, the 7-year-old this year went on Mount Everest, and uh, he loved it until you got, if you've never rode Mount Everest, it's one of those that goes all the way until the track looks like it disappeared. And then it goes backwards. Yeah, he didn't enjoy that part at all. But anyway, screaming. But anyway, why do I say that? Well, here's the deal. All of my sons, I can, and when I look back at that, all of them, when they got off the ride, they were smiling. All of them loved that ride. And through all the fears, number one, they survived. <laughs> I didn't lose any child on any roller coaster. They survived. And I think every time with a the smile, they said, I love it and I want to do it again. And so why do I say all this today? Because I want to tell you, a lot of you are fearful of what God is asking you to do. A lot of you are fearful of taking a step that God is asking you to take. A lot of you are looking at the roller coaster that maybe God is asking you to ride and you're fearful of the unknown and it's paralyzing you to the point that you are miserable. Well, today, just like I've done with my boys, I want to be that one that's nudging you along and telling you, yes, you may have some fears. And yes, there may be some unknowns, and yes, there may be some pain, but I promise you this, if God is asking you to get on the ride, if God is asking you to take a step, you will be forever grateful that you took the step, and you'll be forever changed. Today, I want to talk with you about taking a step. Let's pray. Hey, Father, I just come before you and I ask you this morning, 
I know that there are people today in this room who are fearful of taking a step of faith. They are fearful of writing something that you have asked them to do. And so, Lord, I pray right now that you bless this message. I believe that you have given me a word for today, for this hour. Lord, I believe you're asking Christians to step up and take some steps of faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. I think as Christians, we have been playing it safe for too long. I think as Christians, we have found ourselves comfortably entrenched in our spots and we have stopped taking steps of faith. We have stopped dreaming. And today I want to be the one who's nudging you along and encouraging you to take a step of faith. And what I want to do today is I want to use a couple of stories that are found in Scripture. In both of these stories, there is Jesus giving a command that can only be accomplished. This command, this challenge from God can only be accomplished by taking this step of faith. In one of these stories, he tells a person to come. In another story, he tells a group of people to go. Both commands that are given require action for our faith to become alive. Let me tell you, you can have faith and you can say you have faith, but if you don't take steps of faith, you don't have faith. You can stand here all day long and say, I have faith, but if you don't do something with that faith, because what's the Bible say? Faith without works is what? Let's say it again. Faith without works is what? I don't have to work to receive my salvation, but if I don't have some work to my faith, my faith is dead. So we have to take steps. And so today I want to nudge you along and I want to encourage you to take some steps. Today it's my goal as your pastor throughout this series, I want to encourage every one of you to begin to live your life by faith, to walk by faith, and to take the necessary steps to do all that God has commanded you or all that he compels you to do. So let's look at these stories. The first one's found in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 33. And and many of you probably know this story. We've referenced this story in our church before, but let's look at it. Immediately after this, Jesus Jesus insisted that his disciples get back in the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. This is after one of the feedings. After seeing them home, Jesus went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came walking toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, I want you to see the lack of faith in this whole story, right? In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus came speaking to them. And he said, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Verse 29, yes, come, Jesus said. Have you ever told the Lord, have you do something? Then he did, you're like, oh, crud, you know. (laughs) So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water toward Jesus, but... 
I want you to see faith here again. When he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me. And Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him and said, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped. Let me set the scene for you a little bit here. The disciples are in a boat. They have just finished feeding a group of people. Jesus is in the mountains. Jesus is alone praying. The disciples are now in the boat. Jesus says, hey, let's, I want you guys to go to the other side. I will meet you there. The disciples are in this boat. A storm rises up on the sea. Number one you have to know here is this is the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is not really a sea. It's a lake. At its widest point, at its biggest part, I've seen the Sea of Galilee. It is not very large. At its widest point, it is only 8.1 miles wide. And the disciples are heading from one shoreline to the other shoreline. Well, one of the common things about the Sea of Galilee, this lake, is it's in a low-lying position. It's surrounded. It's in a valley. It's surrounded by hills. And one of the common things about it is prone to sudden violent storms. Here's where the disciples find themselves, in one of these storms. And the disciples are like a lot of us when we find ourselves in a storm. Be it an external storm, be it physical, be it emotional, be it relational, be it financial, be it literal, a storm with wind and waves. And many of you know that my wife is not a giant fan of storms. We now have a home with a basement. It sprinkles, Tasha sends everybody to the basement. Because she. It's, it's, it's incredible to me that now that we have a basement, I think some of her fears of storms have subsided a little bit. But I remember one particular night, and I've shared this story in the past, but I, this might describe how some of you are with storms. Think of them physical or whatever. We are laying in bed. We are asleep. And Tasha wakes me up one night in the middle of the night, and she says, Chad, get up. They said there's a tornado in Republic on the ground. It's coming our way right now. And in the middle of my sleep, I'm like, oh, my gosh. what? You know, we have no basement in this house. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, you go get the kids. Actually, she's like, I'm going to get the kids. And she tells me, take the mattress off the bed and put it in the closet. It's that deep. It's that emergent. You need to, we need to take shelter. And so I'm starting to get the mat. I'm like, what in the world? I'm still asleep. And so our bedroom had a, obviously like all had a window, had windows in it, but our bedroom had a door that went to our backyard. And I go look at that door and I pull the blinds up and I look and I'm like, there's stars out there. <laughs> there's stars in the, what in the world? A storm. And I looked at her and, I, and then I look around the room and I'm like, the TV's not on. The radio's not on. Because I know that when there's storms in the area, the TV's on and the radio. And I'm like, Tasha, where'd you hear this? And at about that time, she realized she was dreaming. <laughs> and she tells me, I hate you, you stupid idiot. <laughs> As I'm laughing. And we go back to bed and go to sleep. I hate you, you stupid idiot. And I said... This was not my fault. You're the one. How am I the one? But I don't know, maybe some of you feel this way about storms. The disciples, like a lot of us, they panic. They got fearful in their faith as being severely tested. Here's the reason. Why are they fearful? Because they're focusing on the storm. You see, I think the reason a lot of us find ourselves fearful in storms is because we focus on the storm. We don't focus on the promises of God that come to us from his word. 
We don't focus on the promise that maybe God gave us right there. Hey, I want you to go to the other side. We focus on the storms. And that's what's happening here is they're simply focusing on the storm. Well, also in the story, we see that Jesus is walking on water. Have you ever wondered where Jesus was walking? I've heard people say, well, he was, he, Jesus was walking. The other. Wouldn't it be awesome to just be able to walk to the other side across the lake? I don't know where Jesus is going. I don't know if he's going to get in the boat with the disciples. I mean, think about it. Would you want to get in a boat with 12 dudes screaming and crying? You know, probably not. He's like, I'm out. I'll see you guys on the other side. You figure this out. Well, the disciples, here's where the story gets even better. They think that this is a ghost walking towards them, right? So they see this ghost-like thing and they're like, all right, it's a ghost. And Jesus is like, all right, we got to stop. We got to deal with this. He says, hey, fellas, it's me. But here's where Peter steps in. And Peter's like, hey, if this, is, if this is really you, tell me to come to you. And Jesus is like, all right. Sorry, Peter, you can't walk on water. That's only for messiahs. Stay in the boat. No, that's not what Jesus says. Jesus is like, hey, it's me. Come on. I believe that God is telling each and every one of us in this room, hey, you have some dreams in you. Hey, you have some things that I've been putting in your heart. Some things have been planted and birthed by me inside you. Some dreams that you've held on to for years. Some stuff that I've put in you. But listen, here's what I feel like the Lord is saying. But you will never accomplish, you will never do what I've called you to do until you take a step of faith. You will never be who God has called you to be until you take a step of faith. Some of you have found yourself comfortable and content, and beyond that, many of you found yourself complacent and wondering, why is your faith stagnant? I believe it's because we were never created to remain motionless. We were never created to stay in the boat. I believe that God created us to walk on water. Physically, I don't know, but I do believe that God created us to walk by faith and to be able to move mountains, to be able to move things in our life, but we become complacent. And I want to tell you, you will never do what God has called you to do. You will never be what God has called you to be. You will never go where God has called you to go, standing rooted in the ground. You must take steps of faith. And I believe that God is asking all of us to come. I don't believe this is only for a select few that God is saying, you can be comfortable, but you have to be aggressive. You can be complacent, but you have to run miles. No, I believe that God is saying to each and every one of us in this room, this is a season where it's time for the body of Christ to get out of the boat that we've grown so comfortable in, and it's time to take some steps of faith. And I wonder today, what is God saying to you? What's God asking you to do? Watch it at home, online, right now. Where is God asking you to take a step of faith? Is it in your marriage? Is he asking you to take the step? Is it in your finances? Maybe some of you are wondering, why are my finances a wreck? But you are not generous in the kingdom of God, and you don't tithe, and you've been feeling God stirring that in your heart. Maybe the time is now to become generous in your finances. Is it with your talents? You have giftings and talents and abilities. And I believe the body of Christ has plenty of talents and abilities sitting in the seats. But so many of us, we use our talents for our own glory and for our own bank accounts. But we never use what God has put inside of us for the body of Christ. And I believe that the Lord is speaking to us. You will never accomplish what I've asked you to accomplish until you take what's in your hands and begin to use it for the kingdom of God. What is inside you that God is asking you to do? 
Is it in your career? Is it a move? Has God asked you to move? Is it in your parenting? Is it maybe God telling you as a parent, hey, you're complaining about your children and they're running from God, but you're allowing them to do everything that they want to do because you want to remain popular. Maybe God is just asking you as a parent, hey, your days of being the popular parent or the cool parent are over. Maybe it's time to be a parent that raises your child to know the ways and the desires of the Lord. Maybe that's the step. What's God asking you to do? Are we out there? Listen to me. Like Peter, you will never walk on water until you get out of the boat. Yes, Peter sank, right? That's where a lot of us focus. Yeah, but he sank. But he also walked on water. But listen to me, he never sank until he got his eyes off of Jesus and started looking at the winds and the waves. Listen to me. You might not walk on physical water today, and you might walk into stormy times in your life, but listen to me, as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, we can do the impossible. Listen to me, when you take your eyes off of Jesus and focus on the winds and the waves, the circumstances around you, why do we do that? It's because we have a lack of faith. And honestly, I don't even know. Here's something the Lord's been putting in my heart. Maybe we don't have a lack of faith. Maybe we're just putting our faith in the wrong thing. Let me just kind of rephrase this. We oftentimes look at ourselves and say, Lord, increase my faith. The disciples asked Jesus to do that in Luke chapter 17. Lord, increase our faith. Maybe it's not an increase of faith we need. Maybe it's we're putting our faith in the winds and the waves and not in the one who controls the winds and the waves. You have faith. You just have faith that the storm's going to take you under. You don't have faith that Jesus is going to bring you above the storm. Are we getting it? Faith. So if you take your eyes off of Jesus, you two are going to begin to sink. Yeah. Peter sank when he took his eyes off Jesus, but Peter also walked on water. Let me just tell you, I tried walking on water. Have you ever, any of you ever tried to walk on water? I've tried. I actually tried this weekend. Check out this video. It didn't work. I tried. I literally tried. I was like, I'm going to walk on water right here by faith. I know Peter never would have walked on water if he hadn't taken the first step. And neither will you. For some of you, you know that God is calling you to do something that seems impossible in your mind, but you will never accomplish the impossible that God has for you until you take a step of faith. Let me say it again. Let me just be your person that's nudging you along today from every side of the room, from the front to the back to those watching online. You will never do the seemingly impossible thing that God is asking you to do 
until you take the first step of faith. So that's our first story today. Jesus looked at Peter and he said, come. And Peter walked on water. There's a second story that's found in Luke chapter 17. And I want to share this one with you today. It's found in Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. Let's pick it up. While Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he was going through the area between Samaria and Galilee. As he came into a small town, 10 men who had a skin disease, we know it as leprosy, met him there. They did not come close to Jesus. That's a big key to this story. But they called to Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, go and show yourself to the priest. We'll finish this story in just a minute. We'll come back to it in just a minute. But this story is very interesting to me. I find this one um, just intriguing because this is a different miracle. You've seen when Jesus does miracles, they're touching the hem of his garment. They're touching Jesus. Jesus is touching them. They're specifically asking Jesus in one time, ask a guy, what do you want? The man said, I want to see. They, lay, they, they specifically spoke out what they wanted, or you could see their ailment. Well, this text, it tells us the lepers didn't get close to Jesus. I believe it's because the law prevented that. But not only that, these lepers didn't even ask for healing. They simply said, have mercy on us. But what I find even more interesting in this story is Jesus didn't touch them. Jesus didn't breathe on them. He didn't blow on them. He didn't sprinkle water on them. He didn't sprinkle dust on them. He didn't ask them, what do they want? Listen, Jesus didn't even speak a word of healing over them. Many other times when we see Jesus says, your faith has healed you. Right? To these guys, he doesn't say that yet. He simply says, look at this, verse 14, go and show yourself to the priests in Jerusalem. This is so interesting to me. Jesus didn't heal them like he had many others. What I want you to see is this, and this is where some of you find yourself, you're waiting for God to do something in your life, but Jesus told the lepers to go while they were still lepers. They still had the sickness. They still had the disease. They still had the shortcoming. They still had the past, whatever it might be. He said, while you're still lepers, I want you to go to the priest. In essence, here's what I believe Jesus was saying to them. Hey, healing is yours. The miracle is yours. But for it to come, you're going to have to go. The miracle is yours. What you've been waiting for is yours, but you're going to have to take a step of faith. Think about this. I want you to think about this. The condition of their healing, I want you to write this down. The condition for their healing was obedience. The condition for their healing was obedience. If you want to be healed, you must take a step of faith and then you'll be healed. And I think that's what's going on with a lot of our lives. We've asked God to do something in our life, and God has given us a command. Go. Come. Stop. Stay. Forgive. Move. Give. Obey. Change jobs. Whatever it might be, God is, listen to me, God has asked many of you to do something, and you've become frustrated at God, and you're pointing a finger at him, but God's saying, I already gave you the command to go. You haven't yet gone. You want a miracle, but you don't want to put any skin in the game. 
you don't want to take steps of faith. And I'm telling you today, and we're going to see this in just a, just a second, Jesus didn't heal the lepers first. He didn't heal them until they left. Most people, before they ever took steps of faith, you see it in Scripture, most people before they, they took steps of faith to get to Jesus, but most people before they ever took that initial step after the healing, he healed them first. But these guys, he didn't heal them first. Look at it. Go, verse 14, go and show yourself to the priests in Jerusalem. They're not healed yet, but then look at it. As they were going, they were healed. Can you pull up verse 14 again for me, John? I want, I want everybody to see this. Let's pull up verse, just, you can pull up the whole thing. When Jesus saw them and he said, go and show yourself to the priests. And as the 10 men were, what's the word? Say it again. As they were what? Not as they were staying rooted, not as they were in the boat, not as they were in that comfortable, complacent, stagnant place, but as they took a step of faith, as they were going, they were healed. So many of us, we think, I'll obey, I'll take steps of faith, and Jesus, I'll follow you till the ends of the earth after I get my miracle. After you move in my life, after you fix my marriage, after you fix my finances, after you fix this, after you increase my faith. And I'm just telling you, if you're waiting to move for the kingdom of God after he does something, that's not faith. Faith is I'll move, I'll go, I'll do whatever you say to do in my life before I ever see anything that even makes sense. Listen to me, God doesn't oftentimes make sense. And sometimes he says move, when in your mind it seems more sensible to stay. But God says you can't get where I want you until you move, until you step, until you go. And I believe if we're going to be sons and daughters of God, let's choose to just say, God, you're Lord, and I'll follow you till the end ends of the earth, even if I never get the answer that I want to my miracle. I'll go. I'll stay. I'll stop. I'll forgive. God, listen to me. Somebody needs to hear this. God is asking you to take a step of faith today no matter what the outcome is. You can't control the outcome. All you can do is take a step of faith. Let's get back to the story, verse 15. When one of them saw, this is a really cool part of the story. When one of them saw that he was healed, he went back to Jesus, praising God in a loud voice. Verse 16. Then he bowed down at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and this man was a Samaritan. Jesus said, weren't 10 men healed? Where are the other nine? Is this Samaritan the only one who came back to thank God? Then Jesus said to him, stand up and go on your way. And listen where he says it here. You are healed because of your faith. You were healed because you believed. So he says that there, but it wasn't until they stepped first. I want you to think about this. All these 10 men had to do was go and show themselves to the priest in Jerusalem. This is a piece of cake, right? Take some steps. All I've got to do is walk from here to clever, and I'm going to get my miracle, I'm in. If Jesus said, hey, the key to your back being healed or the key to this financial miracle in your life or the key to you being healed of COVID or cancer or whatever, if, G if it was like, hey, you got to walk from here to Branson, I'm telling you, I'd walk to Branson, right? This is a piece of cake. If the only condition for my healing is to walk towards a city, I'll walk towards that city. 
Anyone can do this, right? How many of you would walk from here to Billings, Missouri to get a miracle? Raise your hand. Piece of cake, right? Some of you are like, I don't know where Billings is. It's just a few miles down the road. <laughs> Some of you are like, I'm not sure. That might be a long walk, all right? Well, here's the deal. Nine of them could do this real easy. But one of them, for one of these guys, it wasn't as easy as it sounds. Like, what do you mean? Let's look back at it, verse 15 and 16. When one of them saw that he was healed, he went back to Jesus, praising God in a loud voice. Then verse 16 says, then this man bowed at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And listen to what it says here. And this man was a Samaritan. Pastor Chad, I don't understand. Why are you making a big deal about this Samaritan dude? Well, a Samaritan could not go to the temple. A Samaritan couldn't go to the priest. He couldn't do that. It was against the law. He was an outcast. He literally could not do what Jesus was asking him to do. He couldn't do it. Samaritans can't go before the priest. So I'm just, in my mind, that's how I read scripture. When I read things, I get pictures and I have questions in my mind. So I'm thinking, is this man, so you got 10 guys and just like, hey, all of you go to the priest. This Samaritan's probably thinking, uh, I, I can't do that. I can't, I can't take that step. Don't you realize a Samaritan, if, if I go, they're going to kill me? I'm an outcast. I can't do this. Listen, the literal place that Jesus tells the man to go, there was a sign. Jewish historians, I, I researched this. Jewish historians, historians said there was a sign on the temple, on the walls, that said this, any foreigner who goes beyond these walls will have only himself to blame for his ensuing death. This warning on the temple was just for people just like this Samaritan. He could not go. It was designed to keep him away. So not only does this man have leprosy, he's also, he also has the wrong DNA. It is a double whammy. He can't go to the priests in Jerusalem. The other guys, no problem. I have leprosy, but you tell me to go to the priests, I'm going to the priests. But that can't happen for this guy. But this is yet exactly what Jesus is telling him to do. And I just want to tell you guys today, before we go any further, there are some of you here today, and you find yourself stopped from doing what God is asking you to do because of some excuse. May I say it again? Some of you today, you find yourself stopped, complacent, stagnant in the boat, settled where you are because you have some excuse, valid or invalid. I'm not here to determine if your excuses are lame or good, but some of us have stopped and not doing what God has called us to do. And we're saying, but Pastor Chad, I can't go. But Pastor Chad, I can't take a step. But Pastor Chad, I can't be healed. But Pastor Chad, I can't be whole. But Pastor Chad, I have too much stacked against me, and I want you to hear me. Some of you are disqualifying yourself from the miracle that God wants to do in your life because of an excuse. Some of you are disqualifying yourself from the thing that God is asking you to do because you're too consumed or too concerned with your past. Some of you are too concerned with your DNA. Some of you are too concerned with your sickness. Some of you are too concerned with social media and the things that are around you. Some of you are too concerned with the hurtful words that have shaped your future. Some of you are too consumed with your own mistakes. I call it winds. I call it waves. I call it Samaritan blood. I call it leprosy. Whatever it might be, we've got our eyes on the storm. We've got our eyes on the thing that disqualifies us instead of looking at the one who can change our future. 
and we're disqualifying ourselves from the things that God wants to do in our lives because of excuses. And let me just tell you, if you have an excuse that's stopping you from being all that God's called you to be, listen to me, that's not faith. That's fear. When we disqualify ourselves from doing something that God wants us to do, because of whatever reason, that's not faith. That's not faith. So let's look at the rest of the story. We see from verse 15, he took, he took the first step, right? Well, Luke 17, earlier in the story, talks verse 5 and 6. If you go back to verse 5 and 6, verse 5, the disciples say, Lord, increase our faith. Verse 6, you're not going to see it on the screen today. Verse 6, Jesus is like, I don't really need to increase your faith. It is actually up there. You don't need more faith. There's no more or less in faith. If you have a bare kernel of faith, say the size of a mustard seed, you can say to the sycamore tree, go jump in the lake and it would do it. Let's leave that up there for just a second. But I don't know about you guys. I, don't, I haven't had any need lately to tell a sycamore tree to jump in a lake. But I have had some needs. When I talk about mustard seed faith, one of the things you have to know about mustard seed faith is it's, it's small, but it's growing. And Jesus is telling us, hey, you don't necessarily need more faith. You just need to take steps of faith. When I talk about mustard seed faith, I'm not saying you need great faith. I'm not saying you need huge faith. I'm not even saying we need Mount Everest-sized faith to see a miracle in your life. I want you to hear me. Your miracle starts with the first step of faith you take. It can be, it can be all it can be is this. You just have to take the first step towards what God is asking you to step towards. Let me begin to wrap all this up. The Lord's really been speaking to me about this for, for my own life and for our church. But this leper, I want you to hear me. Rather than dwell on the one thing he couldn't do, which was a big thing, show himself to the priests in Jerusalem. He didn't focus on the one thing he couldn't do. He focused on the one thing he could do. And that was take a step. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear this. I want you to write this down. The issue is some of you are excluding yourself from what God wants you to do, what God wants to do in your life because of things you can't do. Let me say this again. Some of you are excluding yourself from the things that God wants to do in your life because of what you can't do. But listen to me. I want you to hear this. Our faith isn't based on what we can do. My faith isn't based on what I can accomplish. My faith is based on who he is and what he can accomplish. Are we getting anything? Is anybody getting anything? My faith isn't based on my abilities. My faith isn't based on my past. Listen to me, my past will disqualify me. My shortcomings, my mistakes, my failures... What God wants to do in my life isn't based on me or my ability or my talents or my gifts or my bank account. My future is based on who he is and what he can do. And that's faith. Faith is not trusting in yourself. Faith is trusting in him that when he tells you to take a step of faith, 
He's going to bless it. Jesus, I want you all to hear me today. I'm, I'm trying to teach you. I want you to get, this is what God's getting inside me. I text Tasha before, God's stirring some things in our heart as a couple. And I told, I text my wife and I said, I don't, I don't typically text her before messages and say, you know, like, listen, because I believe the Lord's speaking some things to us. I believe the Lord's speaking to her and I, I believe the Lord's speaking to you. I believe he's speaking to you. I believe he's speaking to all of us. And here's one of the things I think Jesus is simply asking us to do what we can do. For some of us, let's go. For some of us, let's come. For some of us, let's get out of the boat. For some of us, maybe let's stay in the boat. But here's what I hear the Lord saying. I'm simply asking you to do what you can do. Let me handle the rest. That's faith. You take the first step. I'll handle the rest. You do what you can do. I'll do the rest. So when the Samaritan took the step, he was healed. I want you to hear me. He didn't have to go to the priest. He couldn't go to the priest. All he could do is take a step of faith. To Peter, he said, yeah, it's me, come on. To the lepers, he said, go. And I'll be honest with you guys today, I don't know everybody. I know some of your needs. I'm your pastor, and social media has made people, you come up to people, you're like, how did you know that I have this sickness? Well, because you posted all over social media. <laughs> but I don't know all your needs today. But I do know this, no matter what your situation, if God's telling you to go, you can go. If God's telling you to come, you can come. You can take a step of faith. It might be a limping step. There might be some pain. There might be some tears. There might be some unknowns. But you can get out of the boat. I don't care who you are today, you can take a step of faith. I don't care who you are today, you can take a step of faith. Today I challenge you, don't let the winds and the waves or the storms of life stop you from getting out of the boat. Don't let your leprosy, whatever it might be, stop you. Don't let what appears to be a closed door stop you. Too many of us we come up to a door that's closed. And we're like, well, that must not have been God. And you've been standing there waiting for God to open a door and God's saying, hey, <laughs> pull the handle. Here's one that the Lord's really been whispering to my heart. Don't let what other people tell you is impossible. Stop what God's put inside you. Too many of us, the giant that's in our life is the people that we're listening to. Too many of us in this room watching online, too many of us in the body of Christ, God has put impossible things inside of us. Listen to me, if God puts impossible dreams inside of you, one of the things that you need to be wise to is who you share that dream with. If you know somebody is negative and complaining is always going to find the bad side of it, don't go to them. Why? Because they're only going to tell you the bad side of things. Surround yourself with people of faith. If God's putting something impossible in you, come and talk to me. I'll pat you on the butt and I'll say, let's do this. Why? Because I believe that God puts impossible things in his people. And he says, trust me and you will do the impossible. Listen to me. Peter knew that it was impossible. I can't find anywhere in scripture where anybody else walked on 
water. Peter knew that it was impossible to walk on water. But with Jesus, all things are possible. You tell me to come, I'm coming. The, the, the leper, he knew that it was impossible for him to go to the priest. But if Jesus says, take the first step, I might not be able to do all of it, but I can take the first step. And I'm telling you today, there's some impossible things inside of some of us, and they don't make sense, and they don't add up. But if God is saying step, I tell you, let's get on stepping. Let's start walking. Steps of obedience. And listen to me today as I close. Sometimes the hardest step is the first step. But I believe when we take that first step, do I believe that everything's going to work out real easy? No, I don't. But I do believe when I take the first step, it begins to release the miracle. And then maybe I have to take another step and another step. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.